Hello, otakus, and welcome back to my podcast. This episode, we are going to be talking about what I read and watched all throughout last week, and also go over my picks and predictions about the Crunchyroll Anime Awards for 2021. So, let's get into the podcast. First, what I read all last week was The Breaker Volume 2, which I really, really enjoy. This might end up being one of my favorite manga. It's really funny. The art is great. The story is great. The characters, everything is really cool. So go check out The Breaker if you have not. I read Peach Boy Riverside Volume 4, and I think I'm at the part where the anime ends off now. So after this is going to be all manga that I have not seen yet in the anime, so I'm really excited about that. And Peach Boy Riverside has been one of my like top reads, kind of that has surprised me because I didn't expect to like it this much, but it is very good. So what I am watching, I've been watching a lot of Yu Yu Hakusho. I am almost at the end of the dark tournament now i'm on like episode 65 or so i'm going through it pretty fast and it is very good i'm probably gonna make a more in-depth video about that when i finish or podcast sorry obviously i'm watching the new episodes of attack on titan and demon slayer each week which are all 10 out of 10 episodes i mean Every Sunday, I would be looking forward to Attack on Titan, and then Demon Slayer was like, yeah, Demon Slayer will be good, but Demon Slayer has been almost, like, as exciting as Attack on Titan. These episodes have been insane with this new bloodbending technique and Tengen just going off. It's been crazy. Attack on Titan is just a full-on war, and who knows what will happen with that, so those episodes have been amazing and then i also started sabuki sabuki no clue how to pronounce that but sabuki bisco which is some anime about an apocalyptic world and mushrooms are like extremely valued and there's this guy who shoots arrows and turns things into mushrooms and he's like the most wanted criminal and i'm still very confused about the world and the story but the anime was good so far i like the characters a lot panda and his sister are really cool and the main guy bisco is really cool i'm just really curious about his abilities i guess There was also that really funny clip of Garnt from Trash Taste or Giguk on YouTube, and he's reacting to the Sabuki Bisco trailer, and there's a point where two characters start kissing, and he, like, pauses it and gets all excited, even though I'm assuming he thinks they're both girl characters, but the one with the blue hair, Panda, is a male typical anime fashion but he gets excited and hype starts saying how excited he is about watching the anime and then he has it paused this whole time the trailer then he unpauses it and then the character like pulls a huge slug out of the other character's mouth he's just like oh my god what was that what is happening and it's a very 
funny clip that went semi-viral, I think. So if you haven't seen that clip yet, definitely go check that out. It's really funny. But I am enjoying that anime, and we'll see if I continue to watch it or not. The main manga that I read and started for the first time, but I've had it in my collection for a little bit, is Fist of the North Star. I have up to volumes three, volume three in their omnibus form, and I read two volumes this past week. So Fist of the North Star is was made in the 1980s. It reminds me um, a lot of JoJo. I'm not completely sure which one came first. I believe JoJo might have even been before, but I'm not sure. It's just a lot of big, muscular dudes fighting and doing crazy shit, basically. The main character is named Kenshiro, and he his ability he has he's like the only one who knows this specific way of fighting and he basically finds people's pressure points and explodes them from the inside or he can find a pressure point in their brain and make them forget things for three days or make them unconscious he can basically do a lot of really cool shit he has seven stars on his chest which symbolize like the seven hell stars of the north star which is kind of cool and everybody like knows him as that like the guy with the seven holes in his chest so we have kinshiro and he is kind of the only person in this manga or one of them that we've seen so far that are still he's still true to humanity he wants to help people he's a good guy everyone else i mean everything is dried up it's really hard to find water really hard to get food all that is basic supplies is just hard to come by so people obviously join gangs and they go and murder and scavenge and steal things because they want to survive which you know is normal and but Kenshiro doesn't want to do that and he in fact helps people who are getting killed by these people and he wants to save them and do the right thing and get food in the right ways things like that so it follows him and a young boy named Bat who he's a really funny character he kind of like takes advantage of ken's power and he'll start a fight with this huge guy and be like okay now he's the guy you have to fight and kind of points to ken or he will be like oh we'll give you bodyguarding duties for food and it's all ken doing all the work basically but he's a good kid he's funny and there's also a young girl named rin who is with them so he has two kids that he kind of always has to protect But more into the story, what I like about Ken is that, like a lot of protagonists, um, will not kill people because although he is for humanity and he wants people to live, he will risk his life for people, the bad people that deserve it and that will end up stabbing him in the back later, he does kill. 
like they will be begging for their life and he says no i'm not gonna save you because you did all these bad things and you will continue to do bad things and he's really just complacent about it he doesn't enjoy killing but he also is not really sad about it either when it comes to bad guys but when a good person dies then he gets really upset and has a lot of empathy even though he doesn't know them, which is a really nice trait. Another interesting fact about him is that I was thinking throughout this time, you know, what's his purpose? Like, what is his goal throughout this series? He's just he's just kind of wandering around, really just looking for food and water. He doesn't seem to have a goal or anything. Then in the manga, when asked, he actually states that he has no purpose, no reason to live exactly. Everyone that he cared about is dead. And really, the only thing he's doing is just trying to protect the people around him and people that he sees. So he's just kind of going around. And if he sees someone in a bad situation, he always helps them. I kind of like this because it seems that in most manga or anime the protagonist has like this big goal and something they're really passionate about in this thing that they need to find or go do in order to like complete their life or or you know make them happy but Ken just really is living for other people at this point because he knows that the world will be complete shit without him in it. He's also really funny how he says, like, dry comments when he's about to kill people or he's just so confident this guy will be, like, ten times bigger than him and saying he's gonna kill him and he'll just look at him and be like, no, you can't kill me. He just says things, like, really calmly in dry humor and it's really funny. The art is amazing. I absolutely love the art it is so cool so detailed it's funny because his power he just like uses two of his fingers and kind of pokes people but it's like the jojo like aura thing but he's just poking them with two fingers so it looks kind of silly in some of the stances he does but the art is really good covers are some of the favorite in my collection it's all black and white and the backs are manga panels and there's blood spatters just really really cool and i'm excited to continue reading this series another thing that i wanted to talk about that i watched this last week is not really anime or manga but sort of is it is the astro boy movie of 2009 astro boy is a manga very old classic manga by osama tezuka I have never read or watched anything Astro Boy. Of course, I know like what it looks like and that it's just this robot boy, but that's all I knew about it. I love the anime Dororo, which is also an old manga by Tezuka. The art style and a lot of things changed from this recent Dororo anime to Osama Tezuka's work, but still obviously i love the story because i love dororo and i loved how tezuka writes and i saw the astro boy movie on hulu and i really wanted to check it out so i could kind of see what it's about just a little bit so this movie 
focused on a boy named Toby and his father, who is a, like, the smartest, richest scientist in the world and creates robots. His name is Dr. Tenma. I like that because Dr. Tenma is also the name of the main character in Monster, one of my favorite anime. The world these characters live in is this floating world where robots are serving and helping humanity. The robots will clean the streets and drive cars and be their butler, things like that. So that is their whole normal world now. And then there's a world under them where it's just like our normal world now. And if there's robots there, they are free robots, technically. So the main character, Toby, is this really, really smart boy, just like his dad. He's a genius when it comes to robotics and everything. And his dad is showing off this brand new robot at, with the government. And he finds a way to sneak in there and see the robot himself. What ends up happening is that the robot goes haywire and actually ends up killing Toby. This was really sad and unexpected, but after I saw at the beginning that Toby was a normal boy and not a robot at all, I was pretty confused and like, okay, something bad might happen here. But yeah, Toby ended up dying and then his dad, being extremely sad, took a piece of his DNA and made him into a robot with all of Toby's memories. I really didn't know going into this that it would have such like dark and sad themes, especially because this movie in general, I don't know about the anime and manga, but it was kind of seemed like a kid movie and everything. But it, while it still could be a kid movie, there wasn't anything particularly bad. Just when you think about the fact that he was killed by a robot, and this boy died, this guy's son died, and he was so sad that he made him into this robot, and the robot really is not his son. His son is still dead. This robot just has memories as his son. I don't know. It's just, like, pretty messed up and sad, if you think about it. I actually researched the original material a little bit, and I guess... In the real manga, Toby died in a car accident instead of getting killed by a robot. But it's the same thing. He died and his dad made a robot version of him and wanted to pretend like it was him. When the Astro Boy, former Toby robot, first came to, the dad just really wanted to pretend like it was his son and that nothing was wrong. And I remember the... Their housekeeper robot who used to watch Toby all the time. He was like one of my favorite characters, but he was just so weirded out and he was just making all these like funny and weird remarks. He just didn't know how to react because the dad was acting like this was Toby and everyone knew it wasn't Toby and it was just like an awkward situation. And Astro Boy really, he had Toby's memories but didn't act like him. And once the father realized that it wasn't his son and he will never get his real son back, then he kind of shoved Astro Boy away. And in the manga, I guess he sold him to a circus of robots, which is even 
darker and sadder. Obviously, Astro Boy isn't a human and he's a robot, but a lot of the robots in the show seemingly have feelings, especially Astro Boy with all of his human memories, really believing that that guy was his, Dr. Tenma was his dad and everything. So now he's just being sold off or hunted down by a bunch of robots and his dad created him and just doesn't care about him anymore. So there's a lot of really sad aspects to this. But in this movie, Astro Boy ends up going to the world below the floating world, the world where there are robots, but they're not servants or anything. It's just kind of like our normal world. And he meets a group of kids there. And the people there, I don't know if they dislike robots or whatnot, but they really don't care for them and they definitely do not see them as equal to humans. So Astro Boy struggles with this thing because he is robot, but he looks human and he has memories and feelings of a human. So he feels unaccepted in both categories, basically. And he meets these new friends and he meets these new friends and he's really scared about them finding out about his secret. I remember there's like this trash can dog type of robot that they have. It's like a moving trash can, but acts like a dog. And the dog kept trying to out Astro Boy, basically telling, trying to tell them that he was a robot. He like drew it in the sand like he's a robot and pointed to Astro Boy. And there's some funny scenes like that. But after a while, it started to get like a little heartwarming and wholesome feel. But then you would still remember all the dark, sad parts. So while hanging out with all these humans in this big house that they basically have where all these kids live, there's one guy and he rebuilds robots. He says that he used to build robots with Dr. Tenma in the upper floating world and he claims to love robots and he's just trying to rebuild them and like give them happy lives or whatever. But there's this group of free robots that see him as this really scary guy taking advantage of robots. So Astro Boy gets close to him and feels that he can trust him, feels that he wants to do what's best for robots. Then he tricks him and he's really running like this robot fighting ring where the robots get destroyed and fight each other and all the humans cheer and Astro Boy ends up being a part of that and the kids who he thought were his friends kind of didn't care and like shut him out at first. So he's gone through a lot of really sad things he keeps getting taken advantage by people and being abandoned by them basically which was really sad there's a big yellow robot he was supposed to fight named zog and zog was like the mvp of this movie astro boy basically brought him to life and he would not fight astro boy and instead freed him from that evil guy and they escaped from the fighting ring so go zog he was great and showed that some robots even ones that were not as advanced as astro boy have feelings the movie ended up having a very happy ending and 
overall, it was a good movie. I really enjoyed it, and it makes me want to go back and maybe read or watch the original Astro Boy material because I did not know it would have like this kind of dark twist. And after researching it a little more, it seems that the original stuff is even darker in like this seemingly kid anime or manga form. So that's really interesting to me. But yeah, those were my opinions on the 2009 Astro Boy movie. Let me know if you've seen it or how you guys feel about the original material because I know Astro Boy is like the most popular anime ever. So definitely might have to check that out. The last thing I want to talk about before we get into the Crunchyroll Anime Awards is that I have also been watching Ranking of Kings. Now, I have seen a lot of people talking about this, and some have recommended it to me, including Rob from Dad Needs to Talk podcast, which is a really good anime podcast, anime, manga, video games, and he's a cool guy, so go ahead and check his out. But this is a really big anime right now, and it's still airing, so I thought I would finally check it out, see what it's about. And I have been binging this. I've watched like eight episodes in two days. So that can tell you how much I like it. Ranking of Kings follows a main character named Boji. And his dad is this really strong giant who is the king. And he has a stepmom and younger brother. And they are basically fighting over who will be king but boji is deaf and can't speak he is also not big or strong at all like his dad but he has a lot of things he's good at besides that so the show follows boji and his journey he meets a friend who is a from a shadow clan who looks like a shadow but he can talk and has this like mouth thing and Boji can basically read his lips or his mouth and understand him and he can understand Boji which nobody else can. So it's like each of their first friends because the shadow Kage has this really sad past too and he's on his own so they have this form this friendship and it's really really sweet really heartwarming the anime at times reminds me of to your eternity with just how like sad and depressing it is and the things that boji specifically continuously has to go through and deal with all this ridicule and you know people that he thought were on his side who really were not at all and people just taking advantage of him really really sad and he has a big heart but then there are also really wholesome like there's a lot of times where I'm just smiling while watching it and I really do not do that for hardly any anime at all because he's just like seems like this little kid and he'll cry and be so open and it's just so sweet and cute at the happy parts we're going to get into spoiler territory now, so if you haven't watched it, skip ahead a little bit. I just want to talk about my feelings on some of the show because 
I just need someone to talk about it with and I only have you guys. So a lot of things that surprised me were especially Boji's stepmom and how she actually cares about him and she continuously heals him. I mean, she even jumped out of the window to save him. She obviously would have died herself, but she really does seem to care about Boji and as I find in later episodes, her own son is sort of jealous of their relationship, but I thought when we first seen her, she was going to be one of those awful stepmoms and just wants her son to win and was going to like kill Boji herself basically for her son to win, and that's just not the case at all. It's clear she really cares about him, at least where I'm at now. Ditus also surprised me a bit because I feel like he is jealous of Boji and everything, and yes, does want to kill him, it seems. He sent people out to kill him. But at the same time, there is a part of him that does care about his brother and maybe thinks that this is for the best. And also, it really surprised me that he didn't drink that blood potion from the mirror because I thought he would do literally anything to be powerful and go up in the king's ranking. And it seems he wouldn't. He really thought that potion would make him powerful, although that is not the case. But he wanted to be powerful himself. He has that much confidence in himself. He's like, I want to see my potential. I'm not my dad. And that, you know, really surprised me. I thought that was kind of cool. Then we get to the part I'm so surprised by all the people who betrayed Boji and have Boji's side because it seems that Didus's training partner is now kind of sent the shadow Kage to protect Boji and then Boji's own swordsman guy who has been training him and seems to have a deep connection with him ends up literally throwing him into hell so I don't know what to think at this point but I knew something suspicious was up with him this whole time and I knew that Kage was there and like had the bag and saved him from the poison um spikes and everything so if he wasn't there Boji obviously would have died especially getting thrown into the literal underworld but that was just extremely fucked up I I mean what can I even say there Boji really does not have that many people that are in his corner, but at the same time, he still does have some who really care about him, and that is sweet. Also, Kage's backstory is extremely fucked up and sad, and I'm just confused about him and the world in general because besides now being in the underworld and seeing different sorts of people, there's always just humans, and then there's Kage and this like shadow thing who's just sliding along the ground and nobody seems to think it's weird or anything so are there other like magical creatures what is kage's real form is he really a human who takes this shadow form very confused and interested to find that out the king's ranking aspect is obviously probably gonna get dive more into but that's interesting to me as well because we met the king of the underworld and he's apparently ranked number two and Didus was ranked number 90, which means there's a lot of kings in this ranking. So for him to be number two is pretty insane. I'm kind of liking the underworld right now. It seems pretty chill right there, right now. Everything 
is going crazy up there and Boji's just kind of chilling and training right now, which is the part where I'm at. He picked his weapon and there was this really loud bang and Kage goes to see what's going on and he sees Boji standing in front of this huge boulder that is now cracked. So somehow Boji, with his 0% physical power, cracked this rock. And I'm also really interested because his parents were giants and the one king, the one who's ranked number two that they first saw in the underworld, said that Boji was cursed, that he has this big powerful body but he cannot use it or something like that. So I'm interested about the curse. And then we have Didus, who just drank that cup, was forced to, to drink that cup without his consent, and they're summoning something into him or resurrecting something into his body. So who knows what's going to be up with that, but I'm assuming those two are going to have this crazy big fight, and that's going to be insane. I'm curious to see how the stepmom is going to react to all of this and there's also the thing about once the father the original king died that demon came out of him like literally the devil and pointed at boji and started laughing and we got like no explanation of that i'm assuming that might be the father did the same thing as what's happening to Didus, and that demon is going to be in Didus now but why did it point and laugh at boji maybe because Boji was chosen to be the king so I guess whoever's the king in that family must do this like ritual thing I'm not completely sure but it seems that the stepmom has no involvement in this and it's all this stupid mirrors thing and she's really getting on my nerves but yeah that's where I'm at with ranking of kings I'm probably going to catch up to where it's currently airing very soon because I've been having a break from work and I've just been absolutely grinding that and thank you to Rob and everyone else who told me to watch it because you were right I should have watched it along with that I recorded the anime awards segment that you were about to listen to before watching ranking of kings so I mentioned many times I've never watched it and I do not know anything about it it was true then, it's not true now, but it probably wouldn't have changed any of my votes. Maybe the protagonist, I would have voted for Boji because he's just so stinking cute, but yeah, I have now watched Ranking of Kings, have not when I recorded the Anime Awards segment. Also about the Anime Awards, there's just been a lot of controversy. Everyone is really disliking it, but I just think it's just kind of fun at this point, and I don't know, maybe a bigger YouTuber or platform will put up an actual good anime awards. I would love to see that where you can just write in your answers or there's like a list of 20 anime that you can choose from and we can really see who the viewers pick as the top anime of the year or best comedy and things like that. Also, maybe some better... Also, maybe some better topics, like we didn't have best couple, or I don't know, any interesting thing like that. But with that being said, with that being said, we're going to get into the anime award segment. Now is the part of the episode where I'm going to discuss my 
picks and predictions for the Crunchyroll Anime Awards. The Crunchyroll Anime Awards, I feel, are usually pretty controversial and mainly leaning on the side of people not being a fan of the awards, mainly the winners and even usually who is nominated. I know that they get a bunch of like anime YouTubers and other people in the anime world to vote and make the nominations. I don't know exactly how that works, but yeah, I know people usually are not happy with it. And speaking for myself, I am not a big seasonal anime watcher myself, especially last year. I even went like five months without watching anime at all, really. So I will probably not know a lot of things on this list, to be honest, and my votes are probably going to be very normie votes so I am sorry about that but I still think it will be fun to vote and see who's nominated and I will still make my predictions to see who I think is going to win and we can see if I'm right or not so let's go over the Crunchyroll Anime Awards for 2021 together. So starting out with the main award, we have Anime of the Year. The nominations are 86, Attack on Titan, Final Season, Part 1, Jujutsu Kaisen, Odd Taxi, Ranking of Kings, and Sunny Boy. I have only on this list seen Attack on Titan and Jujutsu Kaisen, so that's a big fail on my part. Ranking of Kings and Odd Taxi were recommended by me to the Dad Needs to Talk podcast, and he's really cool and has good taste in anime, and Ranking of Kings, I feel like, is definitely one that I would like. So I am going to watch them, but as for voting for me, it's between Attack on Titan and Jujutsu Kaisen, and I will have to go Attack on Titan because it deserves it, but Jujutsu Kaisen is really good as well. As for my prediction on who I think it will, who I think will win it, I also think it will be Attack on Titan because it just deserves it. After 2022, we're gonna have no more Attack on Titan um, to vote for, and the hype right now on it is real. So I think it will probably deservingly win this award for anime of the year and if it doesn't this year it most definitely will next year the next category is best boy we have senku from dr stone izumi from horimiya odakawa from odd taxi boji from ranking of kings draken from Tokyo Revengers, and Mikey from Tokyo Revengers. Out of these, I've seen Dr. Stone and Tokyo Revengers, and if you guys have listened to my previous episodes, you would know that I absolutely love Tokyo Revengers, and it's kind of hard to me- for me to even pick out of Mikey and Draken, but I am going to go with Draken as best boy, and I hope at least one of them wins. 
I personally think that Mikey is going to win this award. So my prediction is Mikey and I am voting for Draken. As a warning, I am probably going to vote almost anything Tokyo Revengers. So I am sorry in advance. Next category is Best Girl. We have Vladelina from 86. I apparently really need to watch this anime. Toru from Fruits Basket. I have seen Fruits Basket, but not the final season. Nobara from Jujutsu Kaisen. Sarasa from Kageki Shoujo. Shoko Komi from Komi Can't Communicate. And I Oto from Wonder Egg Priority. Wonder Egg Priority I have not seen also, but it is on my list. Have not seen Komi. So again, very few I know on this list, but either way, my vote is going to Nobara from Jujutsu Kaisen because she is one of my top girl anime characters. Um, she is a badass and really cool, so I think she deserves it. Who I think will win? Ooh, that is a hard one. For me, it's between Komi or Toru. And I think Toru might take this one. That is my prediction. The next category is Best Protagonist. We have Aaron Yeager from Attack on Titan, Yuji from Jujutsu Kaisen, Joe from Megalobox, Otakawa from Odd Taxi, Boji from Ranking of Kings, and Ioto from Wonder Egg Priority. Odd Taxi and Wonder Egg Priority and Ranking of Kings are definitely in this a lot, so I should check them out. I have not seen Megalobox. Again, for me, I guess it will have to be between Aaron and Yuji. And I'm going to have to go with Aaron. I don't think he's going to win this one because people are reasonably not a fan of his currently, but... I honestly think he's a pretty cool protagonist, so that is my pick and my prediction. Hmm. I might go with Yuji on this one. I would say it's Yuji or Otakawa from Odd Taxi, but I think Yuji will win. And he is a good protagonist. Of course, next up we have Best Antagonist and... Shocker, Aaron Yeager is again, he is best protagonist and antagonist, which is pretty funny. I made a blog post saying that Aaron is kind of like a light Yagami as he is the antagonist of his own show. So I think people would definitely vote for him as the best antagonist over protagonist. But moving on, we have Shigaraki from My Hero. Yano from Odd Taxi, Echidna from ReZero. She is a really good antagonist. ReZero Season 2 was amazing. 10 out of 10. Can't even explain how good it was, and she was a great character. So I'm glad that she's on here. We have Ayanosuke or Adam from Skate the Infinity. Really need to watch that. Haven't yet. It's high on my list, though. And we have Kisaki Teta from Tokyo Revengers. I think we know where my vote is going to go on this one. Teta is a really good antagonist. Honestly, I would prefer Hanma 
over him, but he's a pretty dope antagonist, and I've read farther in the manga, so I kind of just like him as an antagonist more than anyone in this list, but who I think will win, I would say Eren or Kasaki. I know there's a lot of Shigaraki fans out there, too. But, I don't know. I think Aaron will probably take this award. Ooh, coming up, we have best fight scene. I'm skimming over the picks, and I do not see Tokyo Revengers, which kind of makes me very sad. But I guess most of theirs is not really a fight scene. It's a whole gang fight. It's like not, oh, most of them are not one-on-ones. Um... But, oh well. The nominees are Aaron Yeager versus Warhammer Titan. Naruto versus Shiki from Baruto. Yuji and Toto versus Hanami. Great fight. Yuji and Nobara versus Iso and Kechizu. <laughs> I'm so bad at pronouncing these names. I'm very sorry, but... I definitely know that fight, and that fight was amazing. We have Elma versus Toru, Kobayashi's Dragon Maid, and Vivi versus Yugo from Vivi, which I have not seen. So for me, obviously, it's going to be a Jujutsu Kaisen or the Attack on Titan fight. And honestly, what got me the most hype was Yuji and Nobara. That fight, that was absolutely insane and i think just made jujutsu kaisen like that kind of solidified the anime as being a 10 out of 10 so i'm going with the yuji and nobara fight who do i think will win either aaron yeager versus warhammer or the one that i chose yuji or nobara and i think it'll probably be the jujutsu kaisen fight that i chose I will predict that as winning. I'm really interested to see how many picks I get right, which will probably not be a lot. Now we have Best Director, Attack on Titan, Jujutsu Kaisen, Megalobox, Odd Taxi, Sunny Boy, and Wonder Egg Priority. I'm really curious about Sunny Boy because I've never even actually heard of it or know anything about what it's about, so... I'm going to have to research that, but again, out of these, I've only seen Attack on Titan and Jujutsu Kaisen, so I'm going to go on with Attack on Titan on this one. Who do I think will win? Probably Attack on Titan. I know I'm picking Attack on Titan for, like, everything, but it's just so deserving and very popular. Maybe people will not pick it because it's popular, but at the same time... A lot of people are going to pick it. Okay, this is a big one. We have Best Animation. We have Demon Slayer. Oh, the Mugen Train arc. I completely forgot that the Demon Slayer was even going to be on here. And I'm surprised it hasn't been on any other nominations now. I'm very confused. But Best Animation, I mean, Demon Slayer... Jujutsu Kaisen, Kobayashi's Dragon Maid, Mushoku Tensei, that is also its first nomination, which I am very surprised by. 
Vivi and Wonder Egg priority. So I'm obviously going to go with Demon Slayer. Demon Slayer should very well win this easily, especially Mugen Train. The animation was completely insane in that. So Demon Slayer is both my pick and prediction to win. The next category is Best Character Design. We have Jujutsu Kaisen. I feel like Jujutsu Kaisen has been in every single thing. So Jujutsu Kaisen, Odd Taxi, Ranking of Kings, Skate the Infinity, Vivi, and Wonder Egg Priority. These are a lot of the same things, but... Honestly, Demon Slayer could have been in this too. Like, the demons in Demon Slayer and the Hashiras are all insanely cool and unique looking. But anyway, I'm going to go with Skate the Infinity. Have not seen it, but I have seen a lot of clips from the anime and know what a lot of the characters look like. I think they look really cool and the aesthetic of that anime is really cool. So I'm going to go with Skate the Infinity. Who do I think will win? Honestly, I'm, again, going to go with Skate the Infinity. I'm just picking all of my picks. I'm that confident that they will win, apparently. But in my opinion, it has the best character design. Possibly Wonder Egg Priority. They look pretty cool, but Skate the Infinity is my pick. Up next is Best Score or Soundtrack. I am very weird or just dumb when it comes to soundtracks. I honestly pay no attention to them or I hardly even know that they're there. Like when I'm watching an anime, I just really don't remember the soundtrack at all. Like it completely goes in one ear and out the other. It's very rare that I will be like, oh, this is sounding pretty cool or something like that. And especially when I'm done watching an anime that I will remember it by its score. So my vote basically means nothing in this category. I have no clue what I'm talking about when it comes to soundtracks. I don't know why my brain works like this, but I just never recognize a soundtrack. So we have 86, Demon Slayer, Megalobox, Ad Taxi, Wonder Egg Priority, and Vivi basically the same shows for every category um i'm gonna go with demon slayer because it's the only one i've seen but my prediction will be vivi because i'm pretty sure that is literally an anime about singing and sound so i think vivi will win this one next we have best japanese voice actor performance we have ayane sakura who plays Gabby from Attack on Titan, Yuki Kaji, who plays Aaron Yeager, Kiyoshi Kobayashi, who plays Daisuke Jigen from Lupin the Third, Natsuki Hane, who plays Arakawa from Odd Taxi, Oyuki, who plays Kumiko from So I'm a Spider, and Kanata. Aikawa, who plays Ai Oto in Wonder Egg Priority. Once again, have not seen most of these. So I'm a Spider, So What? This is its first nomination. I have to just go by Attack on Titan. So it's either Gabby or Aaron. And I'm definitely going Aaron in this situation. 
who do I think will win? I'm going to throw a bone out there and say that Natsuki Hane, who plays Arakawa from Our Taxi, is going to win. I just have a feeling. Then we have Best English Voice Acting Performance. Brittany Cox, who plays Fina, Pirate Princess. Laura Bailey, who plays Toru from Fruits Basket. Adam MacArthur, who plays Yuji from Jujutsu Kaisen. David Wald, who plays Adam from Skate the Infinity. Matt Shipman, who plays Reki from Skate the Infinity. And Aniris, who plays Rika from Wonder Egg Priority. These characters look pretty cool. I've not seen any of these dubs, including Jujutsu Kaisen. And I will vote for this character, Reki Kayan from Skate the Infinity, because that might actually be a girl. No, I think it's a boy. I don't know. But he or they looks cute, so I'm going to vote for them. And I think Laura Bailey, who plays Toru, will win. Rika from Wonder Egg Priority also looks like a really cool character, so maybe I will have to check that anime out as well. Our next category, we have Best Opening. We have Attack on Titan. So this opening was good. Definitely not my favorite in Attack on Titan. Probably, actually, definitely not even top three. I'm really liking this final season's intro. But it was still good. Beastars Season 2. I have not seen Season 2, but I have seen the intro, the opening. And it is very good, just like Seasons 1, Season 1's was. Jujutsu Kaisen really really enjoyed that opening especially the animation was really cool kobayashi's dragon maid have not seen uh taxi have not seen oh and we got tokyo revengers crybaby of course i am going tokyo revengers and not just because i really like the anime but that opening is fire and i honestly think tokyo revengers is taking this because a lot of people really love that opening. Now we have Best Ending, Attack on Titan, Beastars Season 2, Demon Slayer. Oh, Shadow's House. I completely forgot about that anime, but I actually really enjoyed it. And it did have a good ending. Uh, Skate the Infinity. And So I'm a Spider, So What? I'm actually going to go Shadow's House on this one because... I remember really, really enjoying that ending. But who do I think will win? I would think it would be Beastars or Demon Slayer. I'm going to go with Beastars for this one. Beastars is my prediction for the best ending. Best action. This, I'm looking at it right now. This is going to be very hard for me to choose. We have Attack on Titan Demon Slayer Mugen Train, Jujutsu Kaisen, SSS Daizenon, no clue what that is, Vivi, and Wonder Egg Priority. Obviously, it's going to be Attack on Titan, Demon Slayer, or Jujutsu Kaisen. This is very, very, very hard for me. All of these deserve it. But if we're going simply by action, ooh, I would have to say my favorite, just action-wise, would be Jujutsu Kaisen. I think it had probably the most battles out of them. And 
it was just really cool. I think Demon Slayer will probably win and deserves to win. Demon Slayer, Attack on Titan, and Jujutsu Kaisen would all deserve to win this award. So I'm going to vote for Jujutsu Kaisen, but I think Demon Slayer would and should probably deserve to win. Now we have Best Comedy. I do not believe I've ever seen a comedy anime. It's just not really what I feel like watching, but maybe you guys will eventually talk me into watching some comedy anime. I don't know. But we have Don't Toy With Me, Miss Nagatoro, Heaven's Design Team, Komi Can't Communicate, Life Lessons with Uramachi Onisan, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid, and Odd Taxi. I'm going to cast my vote for Odd Taxi because it is one that I'm actually going to watch and pretty interested in. But I think the winner is going to be, for sure, Don't Toy With Me, Miss Nagatoro. That is very, very popular anime and manga. But again, my pick on this really doesn't matter because I have not seen any of these. So I cannot give my opinion on what is the best comedy. Best drama. We have 86, Fruits Basket Final Season, Kageki Shoujo, Odd Taxi, to Your Eternity, and Wonder Egg Priority. I also completely forgot about To Your Eternity and am surprised that it is not on this list more. There's no To Your Eternity, no ReZero in here, except for that one. Not much Mushoko Tensei. I'm very, very surprised. But I'm going to go To Your Eternity. It was a very good anime. I enjoyed it. And the only one that I've seen on this list. Who I think will win. It's either going to be Fruits Basket or To Your Eternity. And I believe it will be To Your Eternity. Because it's the only nomination it seems on this list. And people really liked it. Best Romance. We have Beastars, Fruits Basket, Don't Toy With Me, Miss Nagatoro, Horamiya, Komi Can't Communicate, and The Duke of Death and His Maid. I'm going to go with Beastars. I have not seen Season 2, but I have seen Season 1, and I can only imagine what good romance it brings us. I also enjoyed Fruit Basket the first couple seasons, and I know that has good romance as well. But I'm going to go with Beastars and the winner. These are some big anime. I know Horimiya is really popular too. I'll go Horimiya because I know that that has a lot of fans. And I have no clue what it's even about. Best Fantasy. Finally, we get a Mushoko Tensei. We have Mushoko Tensei, Ranking of Kings, Time I got reincarnated as a slime, which I'm off and on, on if I want to watch or not. Case Study of Benitez is on my list. To Your Eternity, there you go, gets another nomination. And Wonder Egg Priority. For this one, due to fantasy aspect, I am definitely going to go Mushoko Tensei. And I 100% believe that that will win this category. I'm sounding very confident, but watch it completely not win. We will see. Best film. I think I've said before, I hardly watch any anime films. I really, really need to. I need to 
stuff up on that. But I did see Demon Slayer Mugen Train in theaters sub, which was really, really cool for me to see it like in my home theater, you know. But the nominations are Belle, which I thought that was new. I hear a lot of people talking about that, and it is all very good things. We have Evangelion, 3.1 plus 1 thrice upon a time. No clue. Demon Slayer Mugen Train, Josie the Tiger and the Fish, Shiro Bako the Movie, and Words Bubble Up Like Soda Pop. Not, I've not heard of most of these. Obviously, my vote is going to go to Mugen Train. I believe Mugen Train or Bell will take this, but probably Mugen Train. And we've reached the end of the voting. I feel like there wasn't, I don't know, there wasn't any like new or interesting categories. Most of the categories had all the same anime. I feel like Tokyo Revengers... ReZero, especially. Um, Mushoko Tensei should have been in a little bit more. So I'm pretty surprised with that. But anyway, thank you for listening. Those are my picks. And I'm definitely going to be watching when this is streamed and announced. And we're going to see how many picks I got right. As always, thank you for listening to my podcast, and I will see you in the next episode.